Hey, welcome to Game Talk. I'm your host, David Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. Take three. And Mike. <laughs> take three. Um, and we are being flown from Pittsburgh to West Virginia uh, by our gracious pilot, Connor, here. Oh, you're too kind. Here in Microsoft Flight Simulator. So, yeah, this is just the sort of first in a series we kind of want to do where we just sort of exist in different game worlds and do the podcast uh, do the podcast from those you know we don't necessarily need to be doing anything intense like fall guys or anything like that but just sort of chill experience when we you know play a game and do our podcast episode so let us know what you think of that if you like that keep doing it yep so uh i'm gonna go ahead and start takeoff here while you lead us into our first topic sure so obviously the biggest thing to come out uh from last week is nvidia's conference and the reveal of the 3000 series graphics cards right and you know like everyone on the show knows that i'm not the biggest pc gamer i'm i'm definitely you know more in the console space but you know nvidia announcing this is is a big deal so at least i've paid some tangential attention to it and it really does seem like a big deal you know like these these graphics cards that they're putting out seem like a true uh you know generational leap from from what what, what they had before with the 2000 series card so as uh you know pc gaming enthusiasts i just kind of wanted to first just get both of your gut reactions to nvidia's reveal i'm gonna go ahead and say rest in peace those who bought a 2080 thinking it was like worth the future proof yeah future proof and then immediately for half the price they come out with a card doubles the power yeah uh people are kind of salty yeah which i don't really agree with because i'm just i don't know i mean that's just the nature of the beast if you buy a yeah. pc your pc is not going to be top of the line for very long yeah i mean this technology moves so so quickly right you know like 80 was super inflated in price anyway but i was kind of expecting it to become cheap in like a generation or two like rtx technology it's the nature of every component ever think about ssds a terabyte ssd used to be like 2000 something and now it's remarkably affordable yeah i mean it, you know as technology exists longer it becomes easier to make it becomes cheaper and it becomes more efficient but i think for me at least and, and obviously we can go through all the parts they reveal but for me the most interesting one is the 3070 right so that's the one priced at 500 dollars. it's equivalent to what like a, it, it's like better than a 2080 Right. Uh, yeah, the the 3070 is more powerful than a 2080. Yes. Yeah, and that's that's insane to me, right? So like this to me, uh, seems like a direct shot at like the console market. You know, like they're pricing their their uh, I guess low end. You know, relatively speaking, still like insanely high spec graphics card uh, at five hundred dollars. You know, which is probably you know approximately the price of the next-gen consoles, we think at least, right? So, to me, this says, like, hey, you don't have to, you know, like, there's always the stigma around PC gaming. It's like, oh, it's, yes, it's, like, the most superior experience, but it's also the most expensive experience. So this, to me, is them saying, like, no, 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 like, for console-level prices, you can get, like, a really high-end experience, too. Yeah, yeah. and, and People... that's very exciting, like, to me, because you, you've heard me on this podcast already a few times say, like, Man, you know, I'm not sure PC can keep up anymore. 
like a little bit worried that you know console is just going to be the way to go and now i'm kind of seeing like not really <laughs> yeah i mean like nvidia i don't know nvidia as a company just like following them they always seem to deliver you know like they and, and not just deliver just sort of blow everyone's expectations away you know like these i'm pretty sure these graphics cards like I don't know if anyone was expecting a jump this big, you know, obviously I don't follow the space as closely as you do, but like, did did the actual power of these cards take you two by surprise? Yes. Honestly, uh, yeah. Very For much their so. price range? Yes. Because everyone was predicting like the 3070 would be another thousand dollar card, like the 2070, 2080, and the 2080 Super, but yeah. surprisingly it's the same price. It's really affordable for a powerful graphics card like i think it's their most affordable yet on launch in terms of msrp yeah yeah it, it for sure is and like although the 3080 doesn't it require like an entirely new power pin connector it does but it comes with an adapter i, I don't think there's anybody who's gonna well there are going to be people but there, there's not going to be a huge number of people going out and buying a new power supply for this i hope i, I know yeah, my power supply is strong enough for it I'm gonna. I, if I buy a 3080, I'm gonna have to buy a new power supply. Hmm. My little baby one is. I I wasn't like I I really this announcement is exciting enough. I want to see what AMD fires back, but I really do think I might build a new PC this coming year because this, I mean, this is exciting. Yeah, Nvidia is really asserting their dominance in the graphics card market, which they've had for a while. I I don't see Nvidia like falling out of favor in the graphics card market as much as intel has in the cpu market no yeah i i mean sorry go ahead i really don't see a monopoly forming because both amd and nvidia both have their fanboys and everything yeah but amd's gonna have to i mean it's gonna be tough because i was thinking like if i built another pc i'd probably go amd just because i don't i don't like monopolistic practices and nvidia is kind of bad about those but it's, it's tough at this point to make that call because NVIDIA has DLSS, which, for the uninitiated, DLSS is essentially using artificial intelligence to upscale a low-resolution image to something like 4K. Uh, so your internal resolution in the game is actually fairly low. Uh, you know, not low, low, but like 1080p or something. You know, if you can run yeah. a game at 1080p now with DLSS for free, essentially, you can get it up to 4K. And basically, it, uh, DLSS makes things like 8K gaming possible. I believe the 3080, uh, and I know the 3090, can supposedly do 8K. Yeah, I've heard 8K60 thrown around. And I just want to comment on DLSS. You know, like, I think a lot of people have a fixation on resolution, you know, like, that really isn't needed. And I think, you know, technologies like DLSS, you know, like, all that power that went into creating a, you know, quote-unquote real 4K image or real 8K image, you know, like... All of that uh, doesn't really need to be like it, it, it's overkill, right? We could DLSS kind of solves that problem, right? Like, so we get you know we might get a faux 4K image, but it's so close to like a real 4K image. Like you can like the only way you'd conceivably notice is if you get like right in front of your screen, See, and it, even then you'd have to have a trained eye. Like, I have heard some people argue that the DLSS result actually looks better in some ways than a native 4K because you get some things like anti-aliasing for free from the DLSS essentially. Because it's trying to... Because yeah. the DLSS isn't interested in creating what that image would have looked like. It's interested in creating a real-looking image. Yeah, so, like, that's that's so huge to me, right? Like, 
the sooner these technologies are incorporated into everything, like including like you know console graphics, I feel like developers can do a lot more interesting things with the power they've been given rather than you know specking solely into resolution. Yes, I agree with that. And and of course we had the advent of checkerboard rendering, you know, in in this current console generation, which was you know a relatively effective technique of achieving 4K resolution, like kind of fake 4K that is very close, you know, like to the untrained eye, it looks just like 4K, you know, like you have to get real close to observe any differences. But like this this seems like the next step in resolution technology for yeah, sure. It, it, the next step in fake 4K, yeah. But like, yeah, that's fine. I, you know, I don't care about 4K. I would much rather have high frame rates. But I'm still into DLSS. Yeah, like out of like the trilogy, I get, I guess, like the three things you think of when you think of image quality, resolution, frame rate, and like, I guess, lighting, right? Involving HDR. I think resolution is easily the least important of those things. I agree. Yeah, uh, I think because uh, so, HDR is so much more important to me. Yeah, for sure. But that's the other thing that um, NVIDIA has. I, I, AMD definitely has a ray trace solution, but I don't know nearly as much about it. And NVIDIA is clearly putting all their cards on this. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm a little out of it. I'm making sure our instruments are good. But um, Yeah, no, no worries. I, uh, yeah, NVIDIA is very much... I mean, they named their cards RTX, you know? They've got the Minecraft yeah, ray trace coming out, but like... The promise that the tw- the 2000 series made is actually being made good by the 3000 series, it looks like. Because I remember when the 2000 series came out, people were like, well, yeah, they're good. But if you're not using ray tracing, which most games don't even support and still really don't, like the only game off the top of my head that supports it is Minecraft and Control. Uh, but if you don't, you know, it, you get similar frame rates in a traditional game because what they really put their money on was the ray trace. And that's just not true with the 3000 series. The 3000 series, both ray trace and not, just blows the 2000 series out of the water. And that's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So, Connor, you're, 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 you're cutting out a lot, but I, I get the gist of what you're trying to say, right? So, like, yeah, the 3000... So, like, ray tracing was a new concept, right, when the 2000 series came out, you know? And I think, you know, as with all new technologies, like, it takes an iteration or two for it to really kind of start blowing people's socks off, right? So, like, we're seeing that now with the the 3000 series cards. And yes, like, only a handful of games really support ray tracing right now. But, like, obviously, as we, like, you know, three, four years from now, like, a huge uh, majority of games will be doing so. You know, like, it's the next big frontier Uh, in terms of graphics technology. Yeah, I mean, I imagine the, I imagine Halo Infinite's going to support it, although I'm not actually certain. I I don't see AAA games coming out next gen without ray tracing, and even AA games probably will have some. I mean, you know, it's not really oh, hold up, that important to the gameplay experience. I think you're going to want to repeat that. I uh, I, I think that this game is buckling my internet, so uh, you cut out there. Oh, no worries. I, w- I was just saying that um, Halo Infinite uh, says, like, I-, I think I heard that ha- the ray tracing is coming to Halo Infinite after launch at some point, which is fine, because I don't yeah, think it's, it's not ray tracing is... Exactly, yeah. But yeah, I think, you know, this is... I think, it, as always, NVIDIA is kind of, like, leading the pack in terms of, like, graphics innovation. And, like, you... you brought up the comparison to amd earlier and to me obviously like from my kind of outside perspective amd is like more 
Like, I, when, I, when I think of AMD, I think of the CPUs, not really GPUs. Like, when I think of a GPU, I think a, uh, NVIDIA. Like, my mind's associated with NVIDIA, so, like, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? I think NVIDIA's paid a lot of money for that to be the case. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, my first PC I built was an AMD build. I had an AMD processor, I had an AMD uh, graphics card, and at the time, AMD was not really... They were the budget uh, product in both of those, essentially, and yeah. they still are the budget GPU, I, I think. AMD typically has better prices, and uh, people still... I mean, they're not out of the game, you know? They're competitive, but I don't know. I think NVIDIA is the gaming uh, GPU for this gen. I, I think it's going to be a few years for AMD to catch up, and that's... Yeah. Harsh. And I think, you know, like, AMD, they supply the GPUs to the consoles, is that right? Yeah, they I do. Think that, yeah, so they do the GPU, yeah. And, um, so I think, you know, like, AMD definitely has a space to play in there, but in terms of, like, the cutting edge, I feel like it's NVIDIA. Um, and I'm eager to see, you know, like, I don't know when and if, obviously when, right, AMD has to have a response to this, but, like, what that response is going to be and like how is it going to be priced i think that's a that's a very interesting conversation yeah that's why i'm hesitant to say like right away i'm going to go out and buy a 3070 uh because i do I, amd you know they were my first pc you know they, they've got a soft spot in my heart i'd love to give them the benefit of the doubt at least <laughs> benefit of the doubt see yeah. what they're doing but yeah i i don't know how they could top this but i've said that before and i've been wrong you know yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of their jobs to prove us wrong there, you know? So, yeah. like, so you mentioned, you, you showed interest in the 3080 specifically, right? And the uh, 3080 I, is, like, what, $700, $800? It, it is $700, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, see, that's that's wild to me, that it's, it's like, such a step up, right? But it's only $200 more than the 3070. Right. Well, the 3070 is also just a massive step up from this gen, like... Yeah. It's it's just wild. Like, the 3070 being more powerful than the strongest card that's on the market right now is just for $500? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, that really yeah. puts, you know, that really puts you in the position again where it's like, man, yeah, you could have a console or you could have something that's going to be, like, twice as powerful or so for $200 more. Like... Yeah. And then yeah. they haven't even announced the price of the 3060 yet i guess and that could be like on par with console and same price yeah the 30 so like 3060 is interesting because like before i talked to you connor i didn't even know that card existed but like so apparently there'll be like a like i guess a very entry level tier right i'm guessing that's what the 3060 would presumably be yeah yeah okay so yeah yeah very yeah very exciting coming from NVIDIA, and I, I just wanted to touch on really quick the the 3090. Obviously, like their biggest new, like shiny, most powerful ever graphics card, right? Like, yeah. It's what are your What are your gut thoughts on the 3090 here? I mean, the 3090. Uh, no, uh, nobody who's not like blowing all their money should be out buying a 3090. Like, NVIDIA does that a lot. They release these cards that are like, it's the if you buy this card, you're basically like, you know, you're funding research for the next line of cards almost. Like, they're top of the line. Yeah. You know? But they, they cost so much 
Like, the amount you're paying... Like, for the same price, you could get two, two 3080s and run them in SLI and probably get a better result, although I'm not certain that that's true. Yeah. Like, I, I just don't... I don't know. It, it seems wild. Although, uh, I will say, I, I haven't used SLI, but I have used it AMD Crossfire, and my... It, it, it's a your mileage may vary type deal if the game does mm-hmm. not specifically support it, so I'm not... I'm not recommending anybody go out and do a multi-GPU setup right now. Yeah, SLI has been largely thrown under the rug due to DirectX 12 and it's not natively supporting SLI. So devs have to go out of their way to support something that a minority of users use. Right. That's that and Crossfire. Both of those have kind of fallen out of favor now that single cards are immensely more powerful and SLI unnecessary. Like, it's just a money sink to SLI now. Which, four or five years ago, that wasn't the case, and SLI was peak performance. Yeah, at one point it was an affordable way to upgrade. I, I yeah. That's why I did it at one point. It was like, my card when I bought it was 300-some bucks, but when I bought the second one, it was only like 100 bucks or something for the second one, 100, 150. And it was a, an affordable upgrade to double the power of my GPU, basically. Yeah, and SLI has always been buggy at best so it's it's no big deal it's ultimately whatever yeah now that single card gpus are more powerful way more powerful than you can ever get than before you could get in an sli configuration there's really no point in sliing unless you're a super power user yeah like i don't even see any of the major tech youtubers sli anymore Maybe if you're mining Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, maybe if you're mining Bitcoin. But I which don't even I, see, like, I don't know, that's, YouTubers. Which, which while we bring that up, the 2080 Ti is a beast for mining Bitcoin. And a lot yeah, of those 2080 Ti's are about to flood the market because oh, 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 people man. are going to upgrade for cheap. Well, I was going to say, like, I mean, if the 2080 Ti was a beast, right, like, these new cards should be even more efficient miners. You see, you can't be certain of that. It is more complicated than that, from what I've read. Yeah. You cannot assume that the more powerful card mm, is going to okay. be the better miner. So, it is more complicated. <laughs> interesting, okay. But, yeah, uh, I, I wonder, it'd be so interesting to see, like, maybe when the prices of these cards go out, like, the, the you know, maybe the price of Bitcoin drastically increases or something, and it's due to NVIDIA putting these cards out or something like that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about Bitcoin. Uh... Not my expertise, but um, you mentioned the uh, the Titan, right? Like the TI is that? I'm assuming TI no, stands TI for Titan. TI does not stand for Titan. The, the oh, okay. GTX Titan is, or it might just be the Nvidia Titan. I forget, but that is a graphics card that Nvidia Nvidia has made that was really marketed less for gaming and more for video rendering work. Okay, yeah. but I think it, the Titans it, are no longer around. I think they've replaced it with the Quadro, maybe. Okay. But they're absurdly powerful and absurdly expensive. Yeah, the Titan was never for was never optimized for gaming because you can optimize a GPU for gaming and you can optimize it for uh, video rendering. Okay, so yeah, I guess so. My question was: typically, the TI series cards are like their highest of the high end ones, right? So, it, like. Do you, it's do you more think we're gonna get a, 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 a TI okay. is a better version of the original. So like a 2070 yeah. TI is better than a 2070, but not necessarily as good as a 2080. Yeah, the TI basically okay. means overclocked. Or okay. It's so like you know, 
for example, next year, for if NVIDIA releases new cards, they probably wouldn't be a generational leap, but for instance, maybe they'd release TI versions of these cards, overclocked versions? Yes. Okay, gotcha, okay. Yeah, the last... There was the Titan RTX. That was the last Titan released. MSRP of... I can't tell. It doesn't show in this table. Oh, no, it does. $2,500 for the Titan RTX. Wow. Wow, yeah. But yeah, just, just, you know, speaking as someone who primarily plays on console, right? So, like, the, the 3070 is very attractive to me. Like, for $500, like, I feel like if that was the barrier to entry, I might just build myself a gaming PC, like, when this card's out, like... Just to have, you know, to play certain games on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, like, obviously that's their goal here. You know, like, with, with that price point, with that specific card, if they can get people like me over, I think they'll be happy. Uh, so, I, I definitely commend them for doing something that I didn't think I would ever do. You know, like, I, you know, I use a PC all the time for work, obviously, but, like, for, it's it's definitely, like, a mental thing for me, but I like separating my work and play areas. But yeah, like, I agree with scene, that. I, I actually very, very, I don't work at my desk very often for that reason. I, I work from like my co- my coffee table or my kitchen yeah. table and stuff. Uh, because I don't like I play games at my desk. I, I make games at my desk as well, and that's work. But eh. yeah, at least it's game related, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And and I you know I enjoy it in 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 quotes. You know, it's not all fun, but yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think more so than the people that, you know, they're obviously going for the people who buy every console, like yourself, but I, in this past gen, gaming has exploded, I feel like, like, since the PS4 launched. I agree, yeah. So many more people play games. It's become mainstream than ever. And a lot, I've seen so many people go, like, they, they start on their PS4 playing Fortnite and stuff, and then they, like, watch streamers and stuff, and they're like, oh, PC is where it's at, you know, I let let me get on that, and now you know, making that accessible I really think that they think, they're they're pricing this competitively, because it's a numbers game, and they think that they are going to sell a ton of these, I I would think, yeah, for sure because the game the PC gaming audience is just growing and growing and growing, I mean, and you can see it, consoles see it clearly, because they're trying to get closer and closer to that PC experience, People and, are ready to pay for that premium gaming experience. And, and co- consoles are also seeing, like, hey, PC space is growing so much. Like, they're even considering putting exclusive titles on there. Like, we already saw Sony do that with Horizon Zero Dawn and Death Stranding. You know, and, like, and Sony has said they're thinking about doing it even more. Although, yes, I, think, that. I think like, people are getting a little overexcited at that. Because a lot of it, you know, like, they release Horizon on PC... And then, oh look, Horizon Two is coming out exclusive to the PS5. Maybe I should pick that up. Like, you know. Yeah. But I'm but still I, glad they're doing it. I guess what I was getting at is like it's it's it was almost inconceivable to me that players like Sony would even entertain the thought of doing this like five years ago. But it's happening now, right? Like, so I think you know, it, Sony does have to play it like kind of smart, right? Because if they you know if they go the Xbox Xbox route and be like all first party games are on PC, then there's no reason to buy a PlayStation anymore, you know? There, so yeah, there's no re- Sony lives and dies by their exclusives, for sure. Yeah, so, and, like, 
and for that to sort of be broken must really mean they see a lot of you know financial opportunity op- you know opportunity to make a profit on pc which is you know only going to be enhanced by Invisi- nvidia releasing these consumer friendly cards yeah yeah i agree with you wild thought but do we ever 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 think nintendo would release a first party game on pc no yeah i yeah, mean they have like, they have before but they'll never do it again yeah and like i don't know like for some reason yeah and i guess this is just the companies having their ways with my mind again but like i could you know i'm i could foresee sony putting a game on pc and it would sort of feel like appropriate but I feel like it would just be weird seeing Mario running around on PC. Oh, yeah. You know? for, yeah. Even emulating, like, N64 feels weird on PC. Yeah. Like, the SNES Classic feels good, but, like, emulating Super NES games on my PC feels terrible, even though it's the exact same thing. I can sort of get away with doing GameCube on my PC because I have that um, that adapter to plug a GameCube controller in, but it still feels weird. Yeah. I don't know, Nintendo's just really got their own sort of identity that's so strong. It's like, the games have to be played there. I think they've really kind of nailed that aspect of their business. Just a heads up, we're probably going to get some annoying warnings and stuff here in a second. I'm going to lower our altitude down so that we can kind of see, because we're coming up on Charleston here. Exciting stuff. Yeah, this has been a a really smooth flight. Thanks. I am uh, an excellent (laughs) pilot. But uh, it is probably going to scream at me to turn on the landing gear because I'm going to lower us down to, like, 5,000 meters. Oh, you're buzzing Charleston. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's see if you can stick the landing on the first try here. Sightings to see you fail. Hopefully hopefully you fail, you know? It'd it'd make for funny content. Yeah. No pressure. Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. Um... Um, yeah, so, just going off that co- Nintendo comment for a second, you know, so, like, I don't know if you guys follow gaming. Yeah, so, um, you, you cut out, they, you don't want to repeat that, uh, Amid. I, uh, I don't want people to miss out on what you were saying, just because, uh, my internet's being bad. Okay, yeah, I was just saying, uh, you know, speaking of Nintendo, right, like, uh, I, I was gonna... See if you guys, you know, like, do you guys follow Game Explain? Uh, I don't. So they they primarily cover Nintendo news, but but what I'm getting at is that they have it from a reliable source that like the Mario collection, the Super Mario 3D collection or whatever, will be announced imminently, like as soon as by the end of this week. So uh, we might hear some very interesting news, probably like a day or two after we finish recording this podcast. So. Hopefully that's Nintendo's big release for the fall. I'm very much looking forward to that. That would be very nice. Sorry, I so gotta, co- I gotta focus for this. This. Decision. Oh no, you're good. I was gonna say like I still see clouds on my end. I don't know if the stream's just lagging behind or whatever. The stream is like stopped. Oh no, I'm I'm descending. It'll. Okay. I've got that. So, yeah. Okay, so I guess since we're descending, maybe we could start wrapping up and going into what we've been playing. I know, Connor, you've been, you're, you're pretty excited to talk about what you've been playing. Yeah, um, I've been playing a little game called Control. Uh, I like it a lot. Uh, 
me see. Actually, can somebody can somebody go before me? I need to focus while I get us down to five. Okay. I, I think the stream died. Sure. Um, well, I think as long as it's good on Connor's end, we'll be fine. Yeah. And God, this is going to be an editing nightmare for me. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so Mike, why don't you go first? Uh, I've been playing Jurassic World Evolution, and I have mixed feelings about it. Okay. It's it's like a park manager, but at the same time, it feels kind of empty. Like, I just plop the dinosaurs into enclosures, and then I have to micromanage their feeders because apparently the ranger teams aren't smart enough to auto-do that. Hmm. It just feels grindy. Like, like it, it's kind of enjoyable. But it's obnoxious that there's no automation, and I can't just let it run in the background. I actually have to pay attention and make sure that my dinosaurs don't starve for whatever reason. So, what kind of game is this? Is this like a like roller coaster tycoon, except for with dinosaur exhibits? Yeah, pretty or like, much. It's nice. very much roller coaster tycoon or zoo tycoon or whatever. It's yeah, that same kind of <laughs> park management. Just the management aspect seems a little less there. Yeah, not as normal. engaging. Yeah. It's not a bad game. The dinosaurs look great. It looked like a good game. Slow. Last I looked at it. And I mean, sometimes you just gotta play something with dinosaurs in it, you know? That is. Like, we're, all, we're all humans. It feels super slow because you'll go from island to island, and the money you made on the previous island does not matter when you go to the next island. So mm. I'm currently on an island that started me a million dollars in debt with nothing on it. So I had to. Sell yeah, everything. that. I think that really bothers me. Like, I hate it when games like cut off the sense of progression. Like I get having oh, levels. And I transfer like, money from my profitable islands to this island. Charleston. Yeah, Why? Why can't I do that? It, yeah, that's that seems a little annoying. At least I like keep research, and as I build more research labs, I can unlock more research. So the trick is. You can build a research lab on the poor island, and then just go to your profitable island and do all the research, and then come back to your underdeveloped island with yeah. all the research. Okay. Yeah, financial and, systems in games like that usually bother me. Like, and uh, Kerbal Space Program is a like, weird comparison, but I hated the money in that game. It made it, like, really boring for me. It's like, and it's not even like hard to make money in the game. Charles it's just a waiting game of earning profits every minute, and there's no fast forward. So you're just sitting there for like an hour waiting for enough money to purchase. Are, are the there like microtransactions that let you speed that up? Nope. You okay. just have to sit and wait and suffer. <laughs> I'm glad there's no microtransactions at least. There's a lot of DLC, but uh, well, that's typical for that genre, isn't it? Yeah, it's just dinosaurs. There's not a lot of dinosaur variety either. Mm. I didn't pay for the game. Actually, I got it through the Humble Monthly, so I... Oh, I have this too, then. Yeah, you probably have it. It was a Humble Choice a couple months ago. Yeah, I probably do. I just don't... It's... Do. Like, I, I, I haven't cashed in my Humble games in a bit, honestly. It's a cautious recommendation. I'd recommend it on sale, because it's not like... If you like Jurassic Park, yeah, it's, it's great. You get to run a, your own Jurassic Park, but it just feels a little grindy and slow. Mm. Like, I've always liked simulation games that have time controls, so I don't have to wait an hour for me to get enough money to progress. Yeah. I can just slap it into fast-forward and, you know, get there faster. It's just unnecessary padding of the length. Yeah. 
Like, not able to do anything in that 20, 30 minutes I'm waiting for enough money. I'm just sitting there waiting. Yeah, I ran into that in uh, Satisfactory a little bit. Clear to land runway two tree Cessna X ray Golf Sierra. That's a, it's a frustrating mechanic. Satisfactory is though you can just leave it running because there's no because Jurassic Park Jurassic World requires you to actually like pay attention to it because you can't just leave it running. Satisfactory you can just leave it running and yeah, things will just progress as normal. Yeah. Jurassic World I actually have to pay attention to the game so that my dinosaurs don't start. Like. That's the worst part. I don't mind when I have to wait, like, a couple hours for something to go through. I apologize but... to our viewers for how framey this is. <laughs> so, Connor, it looks like you're kind of getting close to landing here. Yeah, yeah, I think that flashing light is the airport. I'm not... I'm no expert, <laughs> but I'm really hoping that's it. <laughs> it looks... Not what you want your uh, pilot to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason I only, uh, I only fly in the simulator. We're well, landing there, whether uh, it's the airport or not. I'll tell yeah, you that. Yeah, let's uh, let's see how this goes here. Yeah, that's all I got about. I will say though, like just, yeah, yeah. Sorry to interrupt you there, Mike. It's fine. Um, I will say though that like just the visuals, like looking out the window of this plane, it kind of looks like the hills of West Virginia. I'm not yeah. gonna lie, you know. Yeah, if I fly so, a little farther, you'd see Charleston, but I kind of want to see if I can land. Yeah, it sucks that the mountain yeah. right before the airport's taller than the one the airport's on. That's a that's a fun little tidbit. Yeah, oh, as, a, as a concerned passenger, I feel uneasy with how close you are to the ground right now. I am not that close to the ground. <laughs> okay. I don't know. It kind of looks like it. No, I, I, don't, I don't think I'm very close to the ground. It, when you actually put her down... Uh, it feels disgusting. Oh, I see the runway. Yeah. Okay, this is it. Let's see if you do it. Yeah. Okay, the passengers on this plane are nauseous right now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh. The frame rate makes it very difficult to do this. That's why you need that 38. Let the pilot work. I'm still going too quick. I gotta pull up a little, slow down. Oh. This is actually nerve-wracking. Oh. oh, you're kind of off the runway. Oh my god, that was rough. Yeah, I think you did it. <laughs> yep, we're down. Okay. Wow. Congrats. That was awesome. Not a, not a professional pilot. Did my best. <laughs> the plane's shaking apart. Gonna turn that over to the AI to park us, because I don't know how to do any of that. But yeah, that was a bumpy landing, but like we didn't die, it, which is any awesome. landing you can walk away from. That's that's what yeah. they say. Is he not gonna do it? All right. Well, congrats, Connor, on that landing. Thank but you. while you figure that out, I'm I'll, I'll just talk about what I've been playing. So, quick update: I'm still trying to get the Fall Guys Platinum. Like, with how busy my schedule has been lately, like I've only been playing games on the weekends. So, I got several wins last weekend, but. You know, no trophy. Uh, so, still trying to do that. I did briefly play another game, however. So I do have another game to report this week. And uh, I played a free Battle Royale game called Hyperscape. I don't know if either of you have heard I of have. this. That's the Ubisoft Battle Royale, right? I, I don't know who made it. Maybe. Maybe it's Ubisoft. I believe it's Ubisoft. It looked good. But yeah, like, 
Yeah, it's in, it's in beta right now, and it was pretty entertaining, you know, like, it reminds me a lot of Apex at first glance, Apex Legends, it, like, definitely is using the ping system from Apex, which, you know, is revolutionary and other games should use. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, it's got some really neat mechanics to it, so it has this concept of, so, like, unlike other Battle Royales, right, like, uh, well, I don't want to say weapons... So weapons aren't exactly rare in other battle royales, but like in this one, like there are weapons everywhere, and there's a good reason for that, right? So like when you get a weapon, uh, if you pick up a weapon of the same type, what happens is you get like a fused weapon, right? So like you can fuse a weapon up to four times, and that's like leveling your weapon up, right? So there's this concept of leveling your weapon up through the game, and you also like along with weapons that are scattered around the map, there are also abilities, right? So you can pick up these various abilities. And you can also find copies of those abilities to level those abilities up, fuse those abilities. So that's a really unique mechanic I haven't seen before in a Battle Royale. And I, I think that's this game's strongest strength. And, like, the abilities are very, like, like varied and neat. Like, one ability, like, summons, like, a giant ball around you, and you essentially become a giant bouncy ball. Like, so, like, oh, wow. it helps you that get... really fun. It, it helps you, like, get away... And like provides you protection, but also like everyone sort of knows where you are because like you see you're in a giant bouncing ball all over the map. Yeah. Like another one ability like you know makes you invisible. Another one like summons a giant wall in front of you. Another one like propels you in the air and like slams you down for a powerful slam attack. So all these abilities are really cool and creative. And um, yeah, I think the fusion system really lends this game to have some like uniqueness in this endless sea of battle royales that we get. Yeah. Right. So, I, I, I don't know, like, I think it's pretty cool, it's pretty neat, it's unique, and it's free, which is pretty huge. And it's only in beta, right? So, like, uh, it, the experience was a little choppy, you know, lots of lag and stuff, but, like, it, the game was fun enough for it to not detract too much. So, I recommend checking that one out if you're itching for a sort of unique take on the Battle Royale genre. Yeah, I might have and- to that's uh, that's that's it for me. What about you, Connor? So I've been playing uh, Control Ultimate Edition. Uh, I I just want to say I bought it on Steam, but I did not like wait intentionally for it to come out on Steam to buy it. I really don't like that. I don't really buy into that. But it was a better deal on Steam. I got the version with all the DLC. Yeah. Uh, but oh my God, I I am a I'm a fan of SCP stories. Uh, the SCP Foundation, which is, like, a genre of horror. Uh, not necessarily horror, but, like, it's a genre of writing where you, like, write about, like, weird events, like, like, paranatural events, and, mm-hmm. like, basically, what what they're typically writing is about something called the SCP Foundation, which is an organization that tries to control these events and, like, keep the world safe from them, typically. And, uh, yeah. Control is clearly heavily inspired by that. You, uh, you play as Jesse Faden, a girl who wanders into what is called the oldest house, which is a building in New York that is ancient. Like, no one built it, it was just there. And it is what's called a, uh, a place of power, I think it's called, or at least an altered world event. And um, it's this massive shifting building. It's not a house, it's like a... Most of it is shaped like an office complex, but there's like a quarry in it too because it's way bigger on the inside than the outside and it's very much interdimensional e and stuff and I, I just love it i love that setting the writing was just amazing jesse faden is a fun character all the characters were good the game's gorgeous it plays beautifully 
My only complaint, and this is like something that kind of felt like it was done for broader appeal, but it's a third-person shooter, and some of the stuff you do, like you get new abilities and stuff throughout the game by interacting with what's called uh, an object of power, and I don't really like that. That's not really... They kind of simplified the... Like, the whole point of these SCP stories and stuff is that nothing about it is simple. But obviously, for it to be a third-person shooter game loop, they really had to simplify it. So you never really have to manage these objects of power. Like, you never have to, like, watch out for what they're doing or anything. That you see them much more as power-ups. Okay. But other than that, oh my god. And the game, you know, I didn't have ray tracing. I had it on just ultra 1440p high frame rate i wasn't really keeping track of it but it, it was just incredibly fun incredibly beautiful game i loved the dlc too i just finished that yesterday um it's made by the same developers as alan wake and uh i feel like i really would have enjoyed one of the dlcs a lot more if i had played alan wake before but other than that just amazing story uh difficult to understand in all the right ways a lot of players going on it's kind of a. I yeah. think you would like it, Amid, because it, it's. No, I. It's I've a, had my eye on Control for a while. Like it seems like right up my alley. It's a very cinematic third-person shooter type deal, but. Uh, the, does the gameplay kind of evoke? Did you ever play Infamous? Uh no, but no, I know Infamous and not really. It, it it's okay. definitely heavy on shooting. Yeah, uh, which Infamous, I mean, Infamous was essentially a third-person shooter with powers as well, which is why I asked. Oh, I didn't know Infamous had shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Infamous, like, your main attack was essentially just, like, you know, you aim and you shoot your lightning blasts or whatever. It was it was a shooter, a third-person shooter, essentially, hmm. with powers. Okay, I didn't realize that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it probably is kind of similar to that. But, uh, really, I-, I would recommend this game to just about anybody. I loved it. I got it for 30 bucks on Steam for the Ultimate Edition. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just waiting for, like, the PS5 Ultimate Edition, because uh, I want to play it with, uh, you know, the bells and whistles. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And, and it's a game that will really be, ben- it will really benefit from those, I think. I'll probably replay it if I build a new PC. Yeah, there is a bit of controversy sur- surrounding this game, uh, based off the, you know, announcement that, like, they're not doing, like, a free upgrade for the next-gen version or whatever. But, like, that's on a per-company, per-publisher kind of... Yeah, basis, I, you know, like I get that, but at the same time, people don't understand game development a lot of the time. Like, it's not like they just pressed a button and had a PS5 version, you know? Yeah, and this and it took work. You yeah, know? it took work, and like also, it's not a game that released close to the launch. Like, it's one thing for games that are launching on both platforms and like released super close, but this game came out like two years ago, didn't it? Like, it's not super new. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's it's not well. Old, I think twenty eighteen, right? Twenty eighteen. Yeah, so two years ago. Yeah. Actually, it might be twenty nineteen. I'm gonna look it up because I I want to be sure. Still, well before what I would consider the threshold to have to give away a free version on the excuse me. Yeah. On the new console. Twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. Like, I think the reason people are mad is because like you do have people coming out and saying like, hey, you know, like obviously Halo, you know free xbox series x version upgrade and things like you know um other there's other there's been other announcements too like you know like i think some of the ps5 games like canna bridge of spirits they're like yeah free ps5 game but like you know we have companies like you know 2k and activision being like yeah next gen games are gonna cost 70 bucks 
So yeah, I got mixed feelings. I don't know. It's 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 all variable, but like I don't know. I don't think you should be too surprised or upset at this point. Like, and and just stepping back, like, because I, I do want to say, like, beyond all that, you know, I don't want to talk about why you should or shouldn't buy Control. It's a it's a fun game, and I, that was the point of my. Uh, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And like, is all the DLC out for it? I know there's I been some so, DLC. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, uh, you know, they've heavily hinted that a Control 2 is going to happen, but I think they're doing another Alan Wake game before that, which... Yeah, I, be... I, I, certainly with the reception and the, the the sales for Control, I think there definitely will be a Control 2. But this is a game where, like, the extra content is so interesting to me. Like, I'm not one to typically read all the stuff you find along the way, but, like, all yeah. the documents and stuff you find are written in the format of, like, an SCP story. But, like, they're also relevant to the main story of the game, and that was incredible to me. And I'm actually, yeah. like, going out, and, like, some of the side quests have been almost as interesting as the main missions in the game, which blows me away. So I'm going back and doing a lot of those as well. Yeah, and I've also heard just, like, exploring the nooks and crannies of, what was it, the oldest house, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah, oldest house. Yeah, so I, I, I heard that, like, just exploring that place was a real joy as yeah, well. it is. And it's just super cool the way they did some of the effects. Like, the effects are simple, but, like, incredibly good. Like, there are parts where you, like, restore parts of the house, and, like, all this otherworldly geometry just kind of fades away into an office building. And it, it looks really good. Yeah, and, you know, obviously this, I think this more than anything is, like, the prime like ray trace showcase game right now i feel like this game you know like i've seen it all the time like used in comparisons for ray tracing videos and obviously you know the ultimate edition coming out you know with on the next next gen consoles and everything i think like this game will still be a showstopper, even though it came out in 2019. Yeah, with these I mean, updates. it also has, like, DLSS. It does another thing that I think is really smart. I've seen other games try to do this, and they really don't get it right. But this game interweaves live-action uh, cutscenes. Oh, really? Wow. that's. And normally that's... I hate that, but they do it so intelligently in this. Anytime you're watching a live-action cutscene, it's not in the game world. It's uh, on a screen in the game, and it works extremely well. Huh. Because, like, you'll find, like, there, there's this guy, Dr. Darling, I believe is his name, and you're finding um, reports that he did because he was the head of research. And um, a lot, he, he's recorded a bunch of VHS tapes, essentially, and you're watching them throughout the game, but he's appearing on these old CRT TVs and stuff, and so it, it's not uncanny at all. It, like, just works, and I think that's incredible. That's awesome. So, uh, I just kind of want to point out one one thing. Um, you follow Digital Foundry, right? I do. So, I don't know if you've seen this, but uh, one of their employees, John, I think, he did a video of Control running on a CRT TV. Oh, really? And it was absolutely gorgeous. Like, I really encourage you uh, to find that video because, like, like he he's trying to make a case that like in the transition from like CRT to like HD we really like lost something in terms of like game feel and you know visualization. Oh yeah, I I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I play all my retro games on a CRT uh for, but, for like, a but, reason. But like, you know, like this game was running control in like 540p or whatever and it was like one of the most beautiful games I've ever seen. So like it's such a unique thing, you know, and obviously I feel like that era is, you can't really get it back, like, people don't make CRT TVs anymore, 
But it's just like an interesting window in what could have been, you know. Uh, so, like, definitely if you're into Digital Foundry, I encourage you to check that video out. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything else we want to mention before we wrap up? Take no. that as a no. All right. So I think that will do it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, please follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Please like, rate, and review us on any podcast service you use and on YouTube. And uh, click the link in the description to join our Discord and chat with us there. Thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep, fly safe, guys. Yeah, and thanks for not killing us all in a horrific plane accident. On the third try. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) on the third try. (laughs) And we'll catch you next time. Bye.